Hi everyone. Thanks Mark for inviting me to this meeting. I didn't listen to, Mark sent me a couple of recordings last night on the format and I, I didn't listen to them because I didn't want any undue influence. Um, I'm not, you know, a sponge, but I, anyway, I don't know. Um, I haven't written any notes and I haven't, I have, haven't really prepared, but what was on my mind this week was more the newcomer and how to help them. And because, and how I, I have grown to be able to help them. Because when I first came in, and for many years actually, I couldn't, I saw all you good people um, talking to newcomers and helping newcomers. And I, I just, I was stimmied. I, 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 I really didn't know what to do. And somebody did say to me about taking from the well before you can give, um, but, you know, fill up your own cup sort of thing. Um, yeah, let's go back to um, my beginning. Well, um, I was born in Farnborough, born and raised in Farnborough, started drinking quite young, um, had um, its Irish Scots background and um, they knew how to enjoy themselves. Uh, lots of family parties and stuff. Although the family itself was quite dysfunctional, there was lots of us. We used to watch the Waltons, but we weren't, I used to say we weren't no Waltons, there were seven of us. And um, there was a lot of eggshells, there was a lot of, you know, ACA stuff, I suppose. But it's not as bad as others that I've heard. So through the years, I have thought, well, you know, am I made this up, you know, just, just to have therapy or just to, you know. Um, so my early years was, uh, you know, was spent as a punk and uh, it felt that it was obligatory to drink. And um, I didn't end up coming in until 2011. I first came into the rooms in 1998 and um, I came in so that I could be forgiven for my last catastrophe and that's what my life was up till then you know I lived with a I, I came up to London to live with a guy who it was all leathers and Bonnevilles and he was a dealer and I don't think that was you know a coincidence I felt that I the, the chat before then was a budding alcoholic, it all gravitated towards getting me, you know, stuff, getting me in that circle, getting me in that. And I didn't realise it, but um, but it did. And um, so I came up to London, I think I'd walked Farnborough out a bit, and um, it didn't excite me. I wanted drama, I wanted excitement. So I left and came up, I found my sort of window of opportunity and came up to London. And if there wasn't a drama, I would create one. It was a very volatile relationship. I, I always had a job. I found temping and then I got a job because if I'd let go of that, I would have gone into free fall and just drunk all the time, I think. But I had some kind of inner policeman holding me, just holding me together, the shell of me. And I'd go into work and I wouldn't feel very well. Um, and I got quite high up in the, like PA ranks of... Um, uh, an organization 
And I found that with alcoholics, actually, that even until we do tip over the edge and fall into sort of the abyss, we funk, I found my experience, and um, we seem to function at a higher, have to function at a higher level because we are, I'm talk, talking about me, I, I had to function at a higher level um, because I was crumbling inside. So uh, how do I explain that? Um, I could have flown, maybe, who knows? <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have, but um, I got quite high even with the alcohol, that's what I'm saying. And I was a binge drinker. So I'd be able to go for short periods without drinking. I, when I left, and um, my own flat after a sort of bedsit hopping, gathering my money together. And that was a strange experience. Um, lots of people um, needing help, but anyway. Um, all grist to the mill. And I found a flat in Enfield and it was about hundred meters from my off license, of course. I mean, that's not too difficult in London, but I don't know whether that was designed. And, it was one of those where in the end I would walk in and he'd, he'd be turning around to get, you know, the half bottle of money and stuff. Um, and it was a very lonely existence. And I went from party, party girl down to really party of one. I started isolating. I used to go out at night and be in dangerous places or walking along, you know, Holloway Road at three o'clock in the morning. And things that um, is not really advisable for a young woman to be doing. Um, and I put myself in such danger. And every time I woke up, there was that horrible, like, you know, we're all familiar with that horrible, horrible. So when I finally, I'll tell you about my, my last drunk. I had lots of catastrophes. I met a guy who, who was not a drinker. We had two kids. And I thought that would straighten out. I thought he would fix me. I thought he would fix me. And of course, when I came into the rooms, I found out that nobody fixes me but me, really. Um, and I have to want to change. And the danger I found with somebody else wanting someone else to fix you is when they let you down, and they inevitably will because they're human, um, it gives a great excuse to sort of act out again. Um, so I had to be honest and do it myself, but I wasn't. I wasn't honest. I don't remember when I was last honest in my um, non-sober career. Um, yeah, I found, I, I, I thought I was brilliant and it was everybody else, but I was a manipulator and a drama queen and that constant liar. And, um, and I didn't know how to handle this. I didn't know how to handle uh, being a drunk and I didn't know how to stop. Um, I found myself quite in dark places really within my own head in the flat and um, so anyway met this guy, had kids, carried on having a, a job in the city and outside I looked fine kind of but inside I was absolutely black and crumbling and um, like death, really. It was like death. And um, more and more excuses, because I was late and whatnot. Um, and I knew I had to pull myself together. 
And the job I had, it's insurance in the city, and there's you go to lawyers' dues, and they you, it's one of those where there's lots of them, and there's one of those where you hold um, your glass, and so they'll just be filled all the time, all the time. And that was how my last drunk was. Um, I'd already pushed my partner away, so relationship was crumbling, but still in the household, which was really miserable. And my last drunk was in the city. I'd gone to a leaving do. Uh, I was all in my suit, suit and booted binary. And um, I woke up in Whitechapel Hospital. And they, the police had found me in a heap and taken me there. Um, and I came home through the computers um, with hospital scrubs on and my clothes in a bag. And oh my God. And I don't mind actually sharing this and having it for posterity because I don't want to forget it. I'll never do it again, touch wood, but I don't want to forget it. Anyway, so I came through the commuters and I came home and I felt such relief. I felt like I'd been through a war zone, as you do. And I sat on the edge of the bed and for the first time ever, that shitty committee in my head that it's your fault, but you would drink if you, you know, all the excuses, the justification, mum, dad, family, uh, people dying, all that left me, just left me. Um, and it was absolute silence. And I knew I'd thrown in the towel then because there was no one left to blame. I knew that through the core of my being. And I'd already been to AA in 1998. All you good people sounded great, but I just wanted to be, be um, forgiven. And then I, you know, I went back out again. I knew how to handle this. Such a familiar story. And came back in 2002 because I, my house had been robbed and da, 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 I'd probably let them in. I was off my face. And it, there was sort of stuttering things like that where I'd, I'd come in about three times beforehand trying to straighten myself out. And I always knew that AA was there in the background from the first time I came in. And then 2011, as I say, I sat there and there was nothing, just nothing. And I texted a friend of mine who I hadn't talked to for years, who I knew was in the fellowship. And all I said was, is the Thursday meeting on? And are you going? And she just replied, yes. I mean, I, I really, I hadn't talked to her for about six years. Anyway, she was still in the fellowship. Yes. So we met up. And that was the beginning of my, my journey. And at the beginning of my journey, I couldn't have helped anybody. Um, I saw the scrolls and I wasn't going to do that and I wasn't going to do that. And for the next few years, I only went to traditional meetings because I didn't know these existed. I didn't know Islington existed. Um, and I fought tooth and nail against the wording. I, I was just the black sheep in the room and it was horrible and I felt so you know you're supposed to be in with everybody and and everybody's together in this but I did feel isolated and just the, the little one in the corner with a you know a D hat on or something um and they just said you know get on your knees and keep coming back and smiling at me you know um knowingly and that I'll find my way. And I, I was desperate. I was gonna go out again, I think. I didn't want to, I feared the alcohol and I had that desperation. 
and I didn't want to go back to what I was, which was a mess. And I didn't like the person I had become when I was drinking. I was, you know, as I said, I was a liar, a manipulator. I just wasn't very nice. Um, I had kids as well that I could have lost. And um, so I came in and started listening. And apart from the G word, everyone was really great. And I did find a lot of similarities. I remember leaving one meeting and there was a guy called Elliot and he said he walked up to me he said I love the way you share he said it's like an outpouring of consciousness so I used to walk in and just blur everything that was in my head um <laughs> rather than be considered and uh it hasn't really changed to be fair um so I eventually I went online and I found a agnostica and it saved my life because I knew then that there were people out there that thought like me, that, 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 you know, there was an agnostic movement, even if it was in Canada. And then I found Islington, um, because from then, not knowing, not thinking that I was alone, I could then, anyway, so I found Islington and started going there. And there was talks of a, a, an agnostic conference and, and, and it was just, you know, everything was, was really exciting. It was like a new, underground movement within AA. It just felt fantastic. I don't know, probably in my head. But, um, and they were very kind, um, very kind. And, and that started me off. So um, then, I, then I started doing the steps. I am one of those that does the step, did the steps. Um, fell over at step three with my temporary sponsor because she could only get on her knees and she didn't know people that didn't. But that was fine. Found another one. And I've, what I've done with the steps is I seem to have skimmed across them from about five. I did five quite thoroughly. I was even surprised how the, what, the thing that I hadn't typed, that really shameful, shameful thing, I hadn't even typed it. So um, it didn't crumble. The sponsor didn't crumble. People around me seemed to come out of the other side of step five and be flying, you know. Um, I feel, feel a bit of relief. But I've skimmed across the rest. And I've only found that out. I'm 10 years in now. And I only found that out <laughs> by going to step meetings and sort of drip by drip. Christ, I hadn't done that. I thought I had done it. I'd gone blithely through thinking I've done all these and, I, you know, and I can talk a good program, but I hadn't done the steps, and I, which means I hadn't taken off those layers of the onion that they say, and I hadn't looked at me. I hadn't had the guts to look at me. And I don't know whether that's because um, of frightened of emotions or, you know, um, the dulling of emotions, and I've never allowed them to sort of bubble up. Um, it's a bit of cowardice, I think, but but I found that drip by drip, year by year, staying with staying with you guys, and hearing you being so honest, I have learned that honesty. I have learned how to behave. I have learned how to, you know, I needed a manual for life because I didn't have one because I'd spent forty something years behaving like an ass and in my own head and. Um, so 
when I finally got sober, I didn't know how to go out into the world. And I, didn't, and, and I think I'm a little bit shy anyway, introverted sort of. And so without a drink, Christ, I didn't have to do with anybody because a drink oiled the wheels uh, until it didn't, you know. Um, so I joined also over COVID. I was so amazed when all this sprang up. I really was. Over COVID, I joined a group that was, uh, it was called Magical Mystery Tour. And it was full of newcomers. And um, it was also full of God. And I, you know, they, they're the tradition, really traditional kind of, and they go off to those sort of meetings, and that's great. That's, you know, it's whatever floats their boat. Um, and I was gonna come off this group because, you know, they didn't, um, they didn't resonate with, with what I believed or not believed, but I decided to stay on this group because it is full of newcomers and there might be one or two that doesn't get the concept of God and they won't have anyone to talk to. So there's a few elder statesmen, elder statesmen that are in the background and we just hover about in the background, let all the newcomers chat, 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 chat and support each other. And then when one's struggling or something, we can come in and just and talk to them. So there was somebody the other day came in and, and this is where I, I, I'm so surprised at myself now because without even knowing it and be, despite myself, I started talking to newcomers. I don't know whether I thought, it's all me, 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 of course. I don't know whether I thought, oh, I'm going to send them back out with something I say or, you know, which is, rubbish really but um so one of them came in and said I'm really I'm struggling and um I've lost it and um I'm struggling what can I do and somebody else came in with seek distractions get to meetings and underneath there was pray for sobriety only God will take away your thing and I just felt I didn't diss that person at all that's what they believe but my heart kind of went, oh, what's that going to do? How's she going to do anything with that? I mean, you know, we prayed enough when we were drunk. Oh, God. But um, anyhow, so I went in with kind of Jeffrey Munn, you know, practical stuff, really, about um, staying away from the first drink and seeing what state you are, analysing, because she was blaming it on the breakup. And I thought, no, no, no. Don't forget, you're in recovery. Um, and this has been so helpful for me to remember, oh, yeah, I'm in recovery. And I, I do forget that. Um, and I can't forget it, really. Um, somebody said to me the other day, why, you know, can't you just have a, oh, it was my belly button the other day. And um, they said, can't you just have, you know, it's the usual, can't you just have one? And, you know, nobody would know. And I, I said, yeah, but I would. That's another thing I told her to do. Fast forward. Fast forward to how this is going to play out. You know, I want, I have the first drink and I want the next bottle is what, you know. And it might not be this time. Probably would be this time, actually. But it might be next time. And I would get the taste for it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So... I came in and gave her a practical, and normally the God people came back in with, yeah, sister, what they say, you hit the nail on the head, you, you know, you really, you know, 
This is while they're rocketing to the fourth dimension, mind you. So anyway, so I felt useful, I suppose. And I was surprised myself that I took on telephone service. And, um, you know, that's brilliant because it reminds me of really the beginning. It's the crying, it's the desperation. It's, um, you know, some quite odd ones, which I told them you have to pay for those kind of phone calls. Um, and, you know, but um, yeah, some just want company, some don't know what to do. Um, there's a whole gamut of people on the other end, but there was us. I don't know whether, it, you know, you rung AA, but I did. And, and I got a guy on the other side. Um, and I was really grateful that I got somebody who finally understood me and I was in a total mess. So yeah, I'm, and the more that I, I'm less opinionated now because I listen more. And that has been a talent, not a gift, uh, an educational thing that I've learned in AA. I've learned to listen because before it was all no, 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 no. I was also waiting to share my bit before you'd even finished. So I wasn't really listening to you anyway. And I found that when I stopped, I started meditating as well. I go to the Saturday's Ethnal Green one when I can, and that's brilliant. Been to a couple on here as well, wonderful. Um, so I try and meditate and they say that, you know, with mindfulness to let the feelings bubble up and, and go. I love that one, um, which I'm learning to do. I'm heavily into animal welfare and, and against animal cruelty. And I feel that, well, not so much for people, but mm, um, she goes, you're just full of emotions now. And I think, well, maybe that's, you know, I'm allowed to feel what I feel. If, I, if you thought I had an emotion, I thought that was very weak and I would crumble into dust and you would use it against me. That's the thing that I thought, I think. But now I don't mind so much because I know no one else can threaten me. No, and, and that's to do with the dignity I've got since I've been in AA. It's the, I'll wrap up. Um, the dignity I've got in AA, the love I've had from everybody, the, the respect that everybody has for themselves and each other. Um, it's just, yeah, it's an amazing organization, uh, especially the agnostic movement <laughs> for me. And um, I'll keep coming back and I think I'll leave it there. <laughs>